Section 8 of Short Stories from Locomotive Engineer's Journal, Volume 52, The Man in the Corner by W. R. Rose. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Judy Mason the suburban car was making slow headway against the increasing snowdrifts it was nearly an hour behind its scheduled time there had been some impatience expressed by the passengers but finally they had quieted down as if determined to make the best of the situation it was a well-filled car all the seats being occupied in one of them a man and woman were sitting the man next to the window the woman on the aisle she had entered the car just as it was starting and there had been no other seat she didn't like the looks of the man he was dark and roughened by exposure and looked old and careworn he had a sullen expression she fancied and his eyes were cast down he seemed entirely oblivious of her presence she had given him a quick searching glance as she sat down and she noticed a queer white line crossing his right temple and passing close to the outer corner of his eye it might be a birthmark perhaps it was a scar she felt that she could inspect the man at her leisure he paid no attention to her possibly this piqued her a little because she was young and as the youthful admirer expressed it easy to look at the man sat huddled in the corner and gave no heed there was another young woman in the car a little distance away from the first girl and the first girl had known her at school and had called down to her it's a pity we can't sit together she had looked around at the bear in the corner as she said this but he had made no move he's the brute he looks to be said the girl to herself the man had taken off his hat and put it in the rack. Now he leaned back with a little sigh and presently closed his eyes and he fell asleep. The girl didn't like this. She felt that it was a presumption on his part to sleep in her presence. She looked at him more freely. He seemed exhausted. He sighed a little as he breathed. There was something hanging on his vest. His coat had become disarranged he had a decoration of some sort she wondered what it was a fraternal badge no doubt she drew a little closer there were words on it french words she stooped nearer then the man suddenly awoke and stared at her and quickly drew his coat together and seemed to shrink further back in the corner her face flamed she felt still more incensed at the man he had no business to sleep in her presence and certainly he had no right to wake up in that unexpected way what sort of badge was it the car was making slow progress there was a snowplow coming to clear the track it had a considerable distance to come the time was two o'clock they should have been in Ainsworth, down at the end of the line, at twelve. The girl leaned back. There was nothing to do but wait. She was anxious to reach home. She had been on a fruitless errand and was tired and disappointed. Time wore long. 
the passengers most of them women were very quiet now and then the rear door slammed as the restless conductor passed in and out then a rough voice suddenly arose in the rear of the car it was the complaining voice of a bibulous passenger who had been asleep and now woke up and denounced the conductor and the railway management and the world in general the voice of the conductor arose in mild expostulation the rough voice became louder and rougher the motorman had left his cage and gone up the road to meet the snowplough the conductor was a little man mild and peaceful his replies to the noisy passenger were conciliatory and feeble the rough voice used profanity strong profanity and highly unpleasant coarseness then the dark man in the corridor stirred uneasily and suddenly arose and looked down at the girl let me pass please he abruptly said as she slid into the aisle she noticed that the man carried a heavy stick she hadn't seen it before and she saw too that he walked with a limp as he passed down the aisle the rough voice had grown noisier and then it paused and began again and stopped abruptly the conductor's voice cried look out there was a smacking sound the noise of a heavy fall then the door slammed the limping man came back the girl again slid a sign for him and he dropped heavily into the corner she looked at him timorously I, I, your your hand is bleeding she stammered don't look at it he sharply said he had a bag on the floor it seemed half bag and half a box and there was a long strap attached to it he opened this and produced a flat box and from it took a roll of adhesive plaster and a pair of surgeon's scissors he cut off a piece of the plaster and fitted it to the bleeding hand that idiot drew a gun on me he said to the flat case and i scratched my hand taking it away from him he sat still for a few moments then he suddenly turned to the girl if you feel any ways grateful to me for closing that foul mouth you can show it by unlacing my shoe my foot has been hurting me confoundedly the girl drew back this was altogether too much unlacing this ruffian's shoe how dare he make such a request mm, which shoe she quavered this one he lifted as as he spoke the boy at the hotel laced it too tightly it's been worrying me all day and i can't stoop down far enough to reach it her quick fingers unlaced the shoe she gave a little gasp as she noticed the tightly bandaged foot and ankle then she carefully retied the shoe how was it hurt she asked oh that feels heavenly he sighed how was it hurt oh a bit of iron fell on it he connoted her indignant look it wouldn't have hurt anything he added if it hadn't fallen so far two thousand feet perhaps he was fumbling in the bag and presently brought out an oblong tin box and opened it a row of packages wrapped in silver paper were laying inside he passed the box to the girl try a cake of chocolate he said she drew back stiffly no thank you she replied the man was presuming too far he did not appear offended it is wonderfully good chocolate he said as he nibbled at a cake i've never tasted any like it i suppose there is as much nutriment in this piece as in an ordinary luncheon he seemed to be addressing himself again to the kit bag it was given me by a woman in paris he paused 
she ran out from the sidewalk as i was passing by and put the box in my hand and said in french well i can't tell you how she said it you are so like my brave andre he looked around at the girl she was dressed in black you know there was a little silence he looked back at the bag she burst out crying he softly said and reaching up she pulled me down and kissed me and ran away he drew a long breath french mothers are rather emotional you know the girl's voice shook a little the poor mother thought you were like her dead son yes it surprises you perhaps no doubt you think me older than i am i've been where men grow very old very fast he faintly smiled i'm quite ashamed to say i'm only twenty-five the girl was silent for a moment i think she said very softly that i'd like a piece of that french mother's chocolate he passed her the box i find it refreshing he said i'm not very fit you understand i fell asleep just now that was inexcusable still i have an excuse lame as it is coming over on the boat i found a belgian woman with two children she was a poor little thing husband killed home burned and one of the children ailing there were friends who would meet her in new york but the ocean trip was a hard one she had more than her hands full so i took charge of the younger child i kept him with me all the way across just a little cub of three you know i suppose i fussed too much over him anyway i didn't get a full allowance of sleep the little chap made it as easy as possible for me no doubt and when they took him away from me he roared like a young lion the mother was very grateful of course she had to cry and kiss me he made a queer grimace they can't help it you see quite unconsciously the girl had drawn a little closer to the stranger the picture of the wakeful man bending over the child in the close stateroom seemed to draw her the man was rough and hard but was he she drew a long breath that poor mother she said softly how can such things happen it's a question they're all asking returned the man there was a young englishman that i got to know pretty well he was a born poet and a dandy fighter he used to ask the same question he asked it in verse here perhaps i can remember part of it he paused a moment and then repeated these lines thou who ruleth over all marking too the sparrows fall we have made a mock of thee on thy land and on thy sea painting thy white blossoms red fowling thy sweet air o'erhead covering deep thy gracious earth with crops of death and dearth hear us as we call to thee why should all these horrors be there was a brief silence i think he knows now said the man softly knows he was killed at cambrai the girl shuddered and drew back i should not tell you these things said the man they must prejudice you against me but that's not to be wondered at he smiled in his whimsical way of course you can't be expected to feel kindly toward a man who orders you to unlace his shoe yet if you hadn't unlaced it i should have begun to scream he smiled again you don't like me do you i don't know said the girl i know he answered but there it doesn't matter where do you live at ainsworth ainsworth 
that's where i'm going i have a letter to deliver perhaps you can help me find the place he drew an envelope from his pocket and showed it to her with a cry she snatched it why it's for me she said you he stammered are you his kid sister but she did not heed him she was busy with the letter swiftly she scanned it i am sending this by old jim she read he's on sick leave and in order to get him away they detailed him on special business be very good to him sis there never was a kinder braver sweeter fellow only don't scare him away do you see that scar on his face that was meant for me but jim got in the way the girl looked up at the man her eyes were swimming then with a quick movement she leaned forward and kissed his rough cheek we can't help it you know she half sobbed end of the man in the corner by w r rose